smell of napalm in the morning. Smell! You know that gasoline smell! Smells like... Victory. Okay, ramblers, let's get rambling. Now where it is now, everybody wants a piece of the market. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny! I don't remember asking you a... I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you? With all due respect, what the f are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? What the f is so funny about me? Tell me, tell me what's funny. You represent the idiocy of today. I did not know that. English, mother do you speak it? Are you listening to me? That's my shit together, is my shit together. Nice personality combination, hostile and intolerant. So, that's, that's it then. No one else really knows anything. Hello and welcome to Saxon Jacks. I'm Tom Allen, Burn on the Board. Greg Pappas in the studio. S&P futures up 6, NASDAQ futures up 1, Dow futures up 50 as we look to continue our run to the end of the year here and maybe further, who knows. Since we're back on track for uh, asset price building, that's what the Fed's doing. Um, matter of fact, uh, who's the lady used to be the head of the uh, FDIC? She comes on TV all the time. Sheila Bear? Yeah, she's talking about how... Uh, they're crazy by not taking out some of this inflation they put in and how it's going to screw everything up for a while, but nobody cares. What would taking out enti- uh, well, entail? Um, at least Probably. hanging the money supply even for like several years <clears throat> or something. You know, you don't want to keep building it back up again. So if your inflation target is two and you've got a 30 or 40% inflation, what, 15 years? Um, I don't know that the uh, target ought to be two. But that only if it's zero, right? So if there's no yeah. inflation. Oh. So what well, would that you... take? I would say probably 7% interest rates. No, you just... Uh, um, you, 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 uh, it has to do with your open market operations. I don't think it would uh, necessarily have to go that high. Right now, I think they're doing the two-step. I think they're still putting money in. They're letting the uh, mortgages run off, but I think they're still putting money in. Money supply has not dropped since last April. It's actually up a little bit since April. So we're one, barely one year in? Yeah, I mean, they, they dropped it. We were up 40%, then they went down to only up 36 from the start of COVID. And then we've been hanging right there for, like, a long time. So, so Fed Chair Tom would say money supply steady for how long? That would have to, well, I think that that might have to be the only thing you can do. Can right? we switch it from chief to chair, Fed Chair? Um, boy, things would be different. I don't know that I don't know that you can. Uh, yeah, there would be a bounty out for you if you did that. Um, among the people who have, I actually was out to dinner on Saturday night with a kind of a one percenter dude, maybe not a one percenter dude, but up there, and uh, they don't think there's anything wrong with Fed doing what they're doing and asset prices going up and stocks going up because that's what they have. That's that's what the Fed's supposed to do for them. One gripe that I've heard the. Uh you know, their businesses are getting squeezed, but really the, the assets are where ma- the majority of wealth come from. Right, exactly. And, and so nobody ever says about that part of the equation. They're complaining about getting squeezed, you know, in the operating earnings. and But the <laughs> the real side, you know, where three-quarters of, or probably more, where <laughs> the wealth is, nobody ever complains about that. So no. that's... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think what you're what you're seeing here, and it's becoming 
more and more obvious. And actually, Russell says, you know, it's not just Russell and me <laughs> uh, talking about it. Now he started to become... Yeah, you guys have been spot on on that. The the small caps are going to... Well, but his point is that the... Uh, you know, we, we we're starting to get the feeling that that's what people are doing here, uh, you know, and that's uh, it, it's pushing that. You don't mean, I mean nobody. Everybody talks about small businesses. They could be struggling. Individual people are struggling. But as long as the asset prices are going up, the people in charge are happy, and that's that's a whole different America. Or as I was accused on Saturday night, that's my very liberal view of the world. I don't I don't really think I'm all that liberal. To think I want something to be somewhat fair. Well, uh, fair is. I mean, there's no such thing as fair. Um, you don't. You don't. You know. I. I. I know if life is fair, there wouldn't be blind people. I get that part, but. No, I don't know. Like, just it's fair is different for so many different people that who knows. You might as well toss that word out the, out of the dictionary. Um. I would. Let's put it this way. You, you know that if. Uh, you increase. If you do, if you have one policy, every policy that you do, some people benefit and some people don't. And what it is, because nothing's all that even, right? We know that, right? But the point being is, what can you do if if you were to say, I'm going to uh, for the next twenty years, I'm going to sneakily increase asset prices by eight percent a year, right? And I'm going to lie to people about the CPI number, which they have. Right. And uh, what happens? You're going to see stock prices to the moon. You're going to see uh, housing prices to the moon versus renters. You're going to see all kinds of stuff. And yet you're going to see every business sort of getting squeezed. And especially if you have a deal where you're, you're moving uh, over that same period of time, you're moving businesses overseas, and you're comparing the price your labor people make to the, the price people make in China and say, what's what's his problem? He's making 10 bucks an hour. I can get somebody in China to work for three. Well, that's cool. Right. But the same, I'll bet I could get uh, chairman of Commonwealth Edison from Japan who works for way a lot less than he does. But that's not, we're not anxious to do that, are we? I don't know. I think I no. Know. I think no. You know, I just, but, but I'm pointing, yes. Is is everything, anything ever going to be fair? The answer is no. But I, I mean, I would say that there's <laughs> fair is such a subjective term that it's essentially useless alright but I'm saying that kind of a policy has its outcomes yeah everything you do has its outcomes and that's the guillotine what, well I mean that was the whole uh, idea well not the whole idea but when I was in grad school there were a few professors and that was that was a test here's your policy assume X by the way, over the next 10 years, where's this policy going to run? You can predict a lot of this stuff. If nothing changes, you can predict it. Well, you're the one who's changing it. Crazy things change. Well, yeah, if there's a war, countries, if, you know, if, if an asteroid hits New York, yeah. Well, there's been a lot of asteroids the past few years. Okay. Um, you can evaluate the policy probably based on how it performs in the most stressful of situations. So if the policy is to is to just uh, maybe I don't want to say lie, but it's to manipulate the statistics, it's probably not going to work. Well, it, it it seems to be. Right. Then, then the question becomes: Well, how long does it work? 
Well, it, it seems quote, to be. Quote, work. Well, you brought up, now you mentioned that, you brought up two um, charts, um, was it about six weeks ago, regarding commodity prices versus stock prices, and the other one was what percentage of the wells were hold, held by what percentage of the people. And there's three huge spikes. One is 1929. The other one's 2000. Right. A little bit 2007. And there's today, which is kind of a record. Now, you can't trade off that, right? Because there's no, there's no timing to it. Well, you could trade as long as you plan on probably putting that trade on over the next, what, three to five years. Why do you think it's not going to happen tomorrow or it's not going to happen ten years from now? Nobody knows. Right. Right. So when you, when you try to do a huge macro trend like that, um, it's, it's better to instead go against the grain, just not put as much into, into the uh, ones that are moving most. So instead of actively taking a position and call it buying puts or something, you're, you're just taking your cash that you would have been investing in, and uh, maybe a, a bigger allocation to cash for the next few years. Or a bigger allocation. Yeah, but if you did that the last month, you're getting skunked. Well, the idea is, you know, to win over the course of seven to ten years, rather than win over the course of one or two. Well, yeah, but the problem you don't want to have is the last two times we got here in 2019-29, the response was tremendously violent. Now you don't want that. I mean, I mean, there's no way if you plunk me in the Fed chair. But I would say, we got to fix this. Next six months, we're dropping the twenty money supply twenty percent. I think. I, I think if that. you were chair, they would do Thomas. I don't know if anybody could keep you called Tom. Um, I could be from the South, Tommy. No, no, doesn't work. Jerome Powell, right? He's not Jerry. He's not Jerry. <laughs> well, you know, I think it would have to. Yeah, if you're not chief, you're. But I was a softball coach forever. Couldn't I be Tommy? No, nope. I wasn't a Southern coach. Nope. Chairman, Chairman Thomas. All right, well, I can do that, I guess. But I'm just saying, is is where you know where do you, what what, I mean, what are your policy situations now? We have Nancy on to talk about uh, in Argentina. They've been somewhat uh, violent, that's for sure. Oh well, yeah. Well, one of the guys we had dinner at this. We were in Burr Ridge, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about you know Burr Ridge is like Oak Brook and Winnetka these days. So the waiter's talking about, we're talking about wine pricing, right? Because one of the ladies was with us, works for Southern Beverage, and knows a lot about wine. So he's talking about in, in some places you get five times the, you know, how much you uh, uh, you pay for the wine. That's what you charge people. Some places four, four and a half. And he was saying in Florida it's only like three or three and a half. But yeah, I go down there and I get this bottle of wine down there. It's like only 165 bucks. I'm thinking, I'm sure the guy does very well as a waiter, and my, my hat's off to him. Certainly, I'm going to wait or telling you about 165 hours a cheap bottle of wine. What's wrong with this world? I mean, <laughs> really? That's a number. What'd you say? In, uh, let's see. I think the austerity package that they've announced in Argentina, it was a 34% cut to all government positions. So the. And that page the is they're out. Um, they're getting canned. Or they get cut, cut and pay. Well, they're they're. Uh, it says the government positions are cut by thirty four percent, so they're out. Okay, that seems like a lot of people. Yep, they are suspending and canceling all of the public infrastructure. 
They say there's too much corruption in that. They're devaluating the peso from 350 to 800 pesos per dollar. And wow. And um, what was it? They're letting go of every public employee who has been employed for less than one year. Um, so what are they supposed to do? This this is what they said is uh, necessary for their economy to get back, and they want to be. I guess um, their budget needs to be balanced, so uh, they're they're lopping off five percent of GDP. Not as is the guy in top, top going to fire himself? Uh, I don't think so. He's the one who just got elected. The, the all right. The some some people say he's nuts. Some people say far right. I don't I don't know, but I was looking at the policies and it seems like their definition of austerity is uh one point four trillion. Austerity <laughs> is the best thing in the world for the other for the other for, guy. For someone else, right? Yeah. So letting go of every public employee for less than one. I'm gonna year, say that if you abolishing were to... all publicity uh they're they they cut all the budgets for publicity. They cut all right, the so what happens government. when somebody devalues their currency? Well, they're they've got they had I forgot what the official number was versus what we thought it was. I think it was like eighty percent inflation or something. Yeah. So they they went ahead and just devalued the peso from three fifty to I think eight hundred pesos per dollar. So that hurts. Um, now, does it hurt everybody, Mike? I'm, I'm teasing you with this, I know. <laughs> does it hurt everybody? Uh, yes, it hurts everybody. No, it doesn't hurt everybody, quote, equally. But they're, uh, they're farmers. In the, the one thing about Argentina is they've got, the, they've got their farmers. And their farmers they're trying to keep happy, and that's a big source of income for everybody. So... They, they actually did not uh, increase the farm taxes. All right, so the, so the the peso versus the dollar has changed in value dramatically, right? So, well, really, in the markets, we were kind of getting there. So all he did was was really take it to where it was, where it is slash gonna be. So I don't know if. I I don't know if that's uh, you well. Know, we had a it, we used to do a lot of seminars back in Dundee. government to do it. It's back when people actually wanted to learn about trade instead of whatever. And uh, we had a big group from Mexico here, and these guys were they were the haves in Mexico, right? They were not the schmucks; they were the haves. And we're sitting down. We had all day, and all of a sudden, that particular day, Mexico devalued the peso. Right, so. Uh, so if you're stuck with a peso, it's now worth less the next day versus a dollar than it was the day before. So I said to the guys, well, I feel bad about, you know, you guys losing money. And this. he goes, well, what do you mean losing money? And I said, well, you devalued your peso. Guy says, uh, if you know what's going to happen, you take it offshore the day before, buy dollars, and when you come back the next day, you now have way more wealth than the guy next door to you because he didn't get to do that with his. <laughs> There's so now, a little, little yeah. bit of insider. Yeah. So if, yeah. if if you want to relatively go up versus your neighbor, it's very easy. You say, okay, the the the, uh, the euro is worth 
a dollar fifty to the dollar today. I go across the street and I buy I buy dollars with it. Next day it's worth nowhere near that much, right? Right. It's a dollar. It's two bucks to, to get a dollar. Two two euros to get a dollar. The next day, guess what? I I can make more. I now have more euros, right? But the guy next to me, all he's got is his euros. Right. So what happens to those com or countries are their ability to import stuff is is going to tank. Well, it so, already already sort of has, right? Because you know you're a lot. I mean, what did what did uh somebody was it Turkey or somebody took like or the the uh, Italians way back in the day they took like what three zeros off the lira? That's you know yeah. instead of a million lira you got you know you got a hundred thousand or uh, right. you got, got ten thousand. It would be you one thousand, right? Fortunately, we don't have to deal with these yet. Yet, and that's what happens when you start. When you start, um, I, I don't know when, when you've really have no more options. You've printed, and the the last of the public has kind of figured out that the emperor has no clothes, and you know it's really if it's not worth as much as they're thinking, then the panic starts, and once you have the the general public panicking, there's no getting ahead of that. So. Well, that's right, because... You actually the, have to fix the problem, which is what they're trying to do now. But the issue is, if, if somebody... Let's take it to its very basic. If you lived in uh, some little community, let's say, and somebody somewhere, out of the blue, every morning put 100 bucks in everybody's mailbox, then everybody said, wait a minute, who the hell is this guy? And you, you think this is really bad, because now all of a sudden, the truck you wanted to buy for... Four grand is now forty five hundred, because everybody's got all these hundred hundreds laying around, right? Or something else is going to go. Yeah, up. but some of those people take the hundred and they go somewhere else. Some of those um, people. No, I'm are, saying, figure yeah. it's a closed society. But it's not a closed society. Well, the town I'm talking about does. That's when you be talking about currency theory. That's why you have to define it. So my point is, you don't know what's going on. You you don't know who the guy is. But the last thing you want to do is tear down your mailbox, right? Because if, if all of a sudden... No, if, if the mailbox starts having the money tree in it, then you're not going to say no. Well, it, it's just like the, the tax policy that we had for people overseas who didn't pay any taxes. They paid very little compared to other people. Over a period of time, if your company... Right, if you run it through Ireland or whatever, then all of a sudden your subsidiary is making all the money and you're not making it in the U.S. and you don't have to pay taxes. But the, the point is next year... If you don't do that, if you stay the honest, the honest Greg, and all of a sudden, ten years later, you and the guy who did it start bidding on PTI securities, who's going to win? <laughs> He's got more money than you do, right? Yeah, they're going to have a significant amount. For <laughs> sounds like you're going to be bought out by some foreign subsidiary. Well, but I mean, if it's the drug companies did it, and what they do, bought a whole bunch of other drug companies with the money from over there, right? right. You, you once you get to that stage. You can't let things get to the point, in my opinion, even though I was criticized for that the other night, you can't get to the point where if you're not cheating, you can't compete. Well, unfortunately, that's kind of built into the system. They've made it that way. Well, who's the they? The, call it legislators. Right, and, I, and I, they... In, in, in a fundamental people. understanding of, or a fundamental misunderstanding of incentives, the incentives have 
Now, do you think it's a misunderstanding or do you think it's on purpose? Um, that's a good question. Put it another way. I, I think it's a misunderstanding. And it's a so misunderstanding. You my brother. It's a misunderstanding that's willfully exploited by, by the people who actually understand incentives. They say, okay, well, these guys don't get it, so whatever they do, we'll just adapt. And then, and then yeah. I think on, on some level, you and my bro could actually be right, as scary as that may seem, because he's sort of the same way. It's people wanting to do the right thing, and, and all of a sudden, you know, a lot of stuff hits, and you do this for a while, and you do this for a while, and all of a sudden, you're a place that you, you don't know how you got here. I mean, yeah, I'll toss one out there. I'm not opposed to the government printing money sometimes. To do what? I think in national emergencies, call it a pandemic or call it a war or something, I've, I've got no problem with the government printing a little bit of money. Okay. I think that's exactly what it was made for. Or at least the Fed was created for. Or something in the in the event of a, a bank run. Um, you know, maybe that's wishful thinking, but, but uh, yeah, I'm not... I'm um, not opposed to it. Should they be the banker of last resort? The answer is yes. Right. Something like that. Yeah. So I'm not opposed to that, but it it seems like when everything's an emergency, including the defense budget, <laughs> it's it kinda gets you know, that two percent inflation a year is, is But here's abused. the here's the uh and I, in, in times of emergency I'm sorta I'm sorta with you. In fact I probably am with you totally. But here, here's the here's the issue when you when you spend money as as a government, you can do three things. It'd be interesting if we paid all the government officials in in bonds. That that are what if we paid all the government officials in five years? I think the policy would change. Um, well, what about if you did in ten years? Two years ago, mm. or ten years? Yeah. yeah, that would that would even out the incentives probably. They they wouldn't even understand what you're talking about. But well, there's part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, they would. They would after a while. But, but here's here's what I'm saying is the the base the basics of it are, and this is we got to sure get Jan in a minute. But the basics of it are is are if you're a government and, and when you run when you run for office, Greg, you're basically campaigning. You're telling people that that uh, I'm I'm going to run this town, state, whatever it is. Better than the next guy. I'm going to be efficient. And here's the things we have to do. We have to have police. We have to have fire. We have to have streets. Blah, 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 blah. And I can do it for this amount of taxes because I'm a good manager. And by the way, that's where we're at. And uh, the other guy says, well, no, I can do this, this, and this. And here's my policy. I want to have this kind of stuff. I want to, you know, put whatever. China and all the schools. And, and How does diversity, equity, and inclusion fit into this? Is my first question. Um, somewhere, I guess I don't know where. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm saying is that's that's the basics of it. Okay, so when you get in there now, when you start doing crazy stuff and and, and lying to people. When I say lying to people, let's take actually a, you know a friend of mine, Mayor Daly. His shtick was I'll sell off parts of the city, be it parking meters, be it you know parking garages. And I'll take that money into ordinary income. Well, he's cheating, okay? Because when when you when you get in office, you're gonna whatever you are, you can either do money. Well, actually, the cities can't do this. Only the government can. You do money. You, I, I can send you a check one of three ways. I can send you a check because I tax people for it. 
people sent it in. I mean, right? it's not the problem that that no, he was, did that. It was just the price. No, no. If, well, they did, a, if they had a better deal, maybe we would actually like it. No, we wouldn't. No? Well, I'm, what I'm saying is, if, all right, let me finish my first story. You either can tax people for it, okay, you can borrow it, or you can print it. Well, it's really easy to print it. I mean, if you're, if, if I have the, you know, if I, in the back room here at PTI, if I had a printing press, and you walked in and said, gee, you know, uh, somebody, somebody just dropped a, uh, you know, window on my, my car, it's crushed, I can't afford to fix it, I run off a thousand bucks and I say, Greg, here you go, buddy. Well, okay, if I just do that once, probably, probably no big deal, but if I start doing it a lot, all of a sudden... You're going to go to the, the auto place and you're going to pay the thousand bucks, and somebody else is going. What about me? And it, 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 and it, it starts entering the system. Once it's uneven, it, it feels so good when you start with it, but then all of a sudden, guess what? The price of everything goes up. What about the rest of the people? I mean, that's the problem. It, it becomes too easy to just print it. Now, I think in the COVID situation, they should have borrowed it, way more of it. Now you're going to have to print some because you had a you had an unusual, but they printed forty percent. If they weren't already in a deficit, if they weren't already broke, if they would have printed 10%, Greg, or 15 of the deficit in those two or three years, I'd say you guys did a good job. Not 40. They didn't even do that during the, during the World War II, for God's sake, or the Civil War. Right. And it, they, they didn't tax anything. They didn't borrow anything. <laughs> they just printed it. Right. That's, that's a whole different program. SP Futures up 10, NASDAQ Futures up 14. Be right back, Mr. John Flanagan. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401- 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources, licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, 
or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks and, jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Good luck with your layoffs, all right? I hope your firings go really well. Hello, Robert. Stocks and jocks. I'm Tom. I'm at Burn on the Board, Greg Pappas in studio. So did that matches aim that at the new ruler of Argentina? <laughs> Hope your layoffs go well. The, uh, yeah, we're, we're starting to see some people laid off. Uh, and so the Chevy's stopping Camaro production, right? They're laying those people off, mm-hmm. and they're, they're stopping the Volt again. Is that the other one they're stopping? Uh, I thought I thought I read that. Maybe not. I think it's called the Bolt now. Bolt. They're repurposing it for the or the factories for uh, Silverados and everything good yeah. for the environment. <laughs> well, you know, it turns out. You might want to sell what the people actually are buying. Uh, the uh, hey man, John's having trouble signing in. So if you want to fix that while I'm, I'm doing this, sounds good. Um, over in Europe, we have uh, the uh, they're mixed. Uh, they've had fifth straight week of gains. This all starts. Imagine how this all started with the month ago Fed meeting. I'm shocked. Shocked. Uh, Dax up 45. I'm sorry, down 44.3 percent. What's he's up 48. 0.6%, CAC around downs 19.2%. So I'd say a mixed bag over there. We're in Asia. The Nikkei down 211.6%. Hang Seng down uh, another 162.1%. Stuck right in the middle of the 16,000, 16,629. And the Shanghai is now closer to 2,900 than they are 3,000, down 1,175. And you you wonder, um, well, you know what, Greg, is, is Russell going to be right that this China actually becomes a problem? I mean, their problem over there seems to me, and we'll talk about it, you know, I'm done with this. Matter of fact, I'll wait we're done with it. Their problem over there seems to me a lot bigger than long-term capital was 20 years ago. I mean, oh, yeah. It seems that's way a, bigger. I mean, and that, yeah, that's a... And that uh, caused all kinds of issues. Exponent. You're off by an exponent yeah. or two. On Friday, the Dow was up 56, S&P down 36 cents, and NASDAQ up 52. So we still maintain the upward momentum. Uh, Bonds down two basis points, 3.90, so under four now. Not going through five. Matter of fact, it's through four the other way. A bond unchanged 2.15. Japan down 5.66. Oil, which has been creeping up, up 41 cents, 71.84. The Brent up 49 cents, 77.04. Natural gas up 8 cents, 2.57. Our Bob unchanged 2.14. That gas underneath three bucks, Greg, for the big suburban. Gold uh, up a dollar 20, 2036. Silver up 7 cents, 24.22. Copper down a penny, 387. Bitcoin down a thousand bucks. Wow, 41,000, Didn't those guys get the 45? I thought they did. Uh, U.S. dollar, uh, the euro is is up a little bit, meaning the dollar is down against the euro, and the uh, and the British pound is down a little bit, so the dollar's up there, but not much. Uh, 109 on the on the euro and 126.7 on the pound. Matt, we got sports traffic, weather sports. Yeah, good morning. Currently 6.37 a.m. on December 18th, 2023. Uh, the current weather, we're at 31 degrees with a high of 31 degrees a day. Uh, mostly clear but pretty cold. Tomorrow, sunny skies and a high of 33. 
Down in Phoenix, Arizona, mostly clear skies currently with 50 degrees, a high of 78 and sunny skies. In the NFL yesterday, Bears lose to Cleveland Browns 20-17. This marks the Bears' ninth loss this season. Most, most of them have been horrible. <laughs> yeah, not good. Uh, tonight, though, Eagles play Seahawks at 7.15 p.m. Uh, Eagles currently placing third overall in the NFL standings. Baltimore Ravens and 49ers tied for the top with 11 wins and three losses each. That's all for now, Chief. Back to you. What is it? Do we have Jan? We'll have him in just a moment. Okay. Uh, so great. What is the story with... I go to watch the game on Saturday after driving through the horrible rain all the way out to Orland. So we, did we actually go a whole weekend with nobody getting killed because it rained all weekend? Um, Chicago? In Chicago? Yeah. I didn't hear that. Let me uh, let me look. Um, no, that would be like 1,500 days or something. Well, let's, uh, let me Without, see. Or, no, that's a shooting and or... Oh, no, no, we, we definitely had shootings. Yeah. But we had the rain delay, you know, for <laughs> most of the Man. weekend. Well, December to date, we've had 22 homicides. Right, so. I don't think, but I don't think we had any... Jan, we have them? John, you with us? I think I am, Tom. Yes, yes. you are. Let me look and see. Uh, we got somebody uh, last night... I should be. Somebody got shot uh, Saturday night late. Oh. Um, and somebody got shot Sunday and dead. So we got two people. Two people down and that coming up. So, yeah. But it's uh, I guess that's pretty good as weekends go. But all it did was rain, so we did have a rain delay. Um, so, yeah, the uh, the we had uh, some issues, not issues, John, but we had some talking. We'll go over with uh, Nancy, um, having to do with uh, the inflation that people don't necessarily see. Audrey was saying that she took uh, some people out last week, and they were they were. Uh, uh, well, she had some people, both both guys that were flippers that knew how to, you know, knew the current prices on stuff to look at some houses early in the week, not this weekend, but because I wasn't really there. But then she said she took some people out that use, are used to buying a place. I mean, they don't do it all the time, but the last time they did it was, God knows, 10, 15 years ago. They bought a place that needed a little bit of work, and they basically, you know, put the place together themselves, and they were very happy about it. Um, guys, I guess, reasonably handy, and but now he's doing less himself, as happens as you get older. But evidently, they started checking around on prices, and they're like, "Holy, holy bleep, Batman!" I mean, uh, I mean, Audrey says to get a, a nice house painted now is like thirty to forty grand. I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, uh, it's uh, the stuff that you're buying is so ridiculously expensive, and the service to get people to do stuff. She says people all of a sudden they look, they they go out for a few estimates. And they just stop. I mean, Dan's been talking about that in Florida for a while, right? The engineers, you know, to, to get your stuff done after. You know, they had the hurricane, so I'm sure people are, you know, gouging a little bit. Uh, but still, I mean, I think there's there's stuff where people don't even realize. I and mean, if if you're not in the emergency room, what it's going to cost. Hope you're not in there ever. But you go in there and you go, wait a minute, is people paying this all the time? And it really is. A, it's a sticker shack everywhere. I think. There's a. a- Interesting piece in the Epic Times over the weekend by Jeffrey Tucker from the Brownstone Institute, uh, who's a regular contributor there. But he looks at the problem of raising, having and raising children today. Is that a problem? Talk about sticker shock. I'd like to hear, you know, Matt Weber's take on this um, and what he's experiencing, because uh, it's, it's bad enough where you can't afford a house. Um, 
or repairs to that house. But when you can't start a family, right, this is this has got horrible implications for the future of this country. So. Well, there's a couple of schools of thought. I mean, even the guys at the CBOE that were, you know, a lot older than me, they said if, if everybody waited till they could afford to have a kid, none of us would be here. You know, there's something yeah, said I, for that in any generation. Well, that's, yeah, it always involved biting the bullet, it, you know, taking on something that you were hoping um, you could bring, you know, every bit of energy that it required to the table. Um, and, you know, financially, it, it meant a hit or more postponement of certain things. And um, some people, you know, learned maybe too late that they, you know, they didn't have the stability or whatever to make a life for the kids that they had hoped they could. And others, you know, you know, succeeded more or less. But it was always a struggle. I don't think it was ever something that you took on, you know, very cavalierly and expected um, an outcome if you weren't going to have to work and deprive yourself of the process. But now I think we're in a whole different dimension. I, I, I just find that the kids are now a luxury, and uh, one kid is a luxury. And I, I'm just really appalled at the kind of choices that people have to make for their future if, if you know, having a family is really a financial you know disaster waiting to happen um, it's it, it's likely to spook people or worse you know midway through the game find out you find out that you can't have a family and you've already got two or three kids and you're out on the street and you can't afford a house now too so I, I'm just I'm sickened by it and it um, the, the Jeffrey Tucker says in the article at the end, um, ask anybody who's just started a family, and you'll get an earful. So I'd kind of like to hear what what Matt is experiencing. Well, I would. I'm going to say I, that I, Matt I, is in. A, this is just. I mean, I don't. I stay away from everybody's personal business, but just from what I know about the guy. And by the way, I love Matt, and uh, he will tell you straight out, he's not the handiest guy in the in the, in the room, right? <laughs> uh, you know, maybe he'd be a guy you'd want to tell you tell me get the left-handed monkey wrench, and he'd look for it, kind of thing. Uh, so he and his wife, terrific lady, they bought this place that is absolutely somebody else did all the work. I mean, it, it's absolutely move-in, remodeled, ready. I mean, it's beautiful. And uh, and I'm going to say that uh, uh, everything, is, and I'm sure, uh, Jill being the way she is, they're all set up, they got everything budgeted out, and they're going to be fine. Unless, you know, something happens and, oops, this roof isn't the way you thought it was going to be. And your inspector missed it. No, oh, by the way, it's like 80G or something. I mean, it, I, I'll bet nobody's set up for that. And I don't. You know, I'm sure he isn't either. That's why when Audrey talks about younger people not wanting places that are absolutely move-in ready, they don't want the not, not just the 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 problem with construction while you're there. They don't want the uncertainty of it. And uh, how much? Start going out for bids and everything. I mean, this one house thought was a. Uh, Talking about, well, I don't know, it's up north side somewhere. And uh, was saying that it, it, it is it is a beautiful place. Everything's been maintained. Uh, you know, roof, I mean, the roof doesn't leak. The furnace works. I mean, all this stuff works. But it's just, you know, it's just older. I mean, if you see that in all the time. Those condominiums in, uh, like, uh, 103rd and, like, Central there, they're all, like, 25 years old, right? And they went for, I'm going to say, 175 when they were new. And now they're... 150. Well, it's not like they haven't maintained their their value. The, the places are, are worn down. People have lived there 25 years. 
the bathrooms are the same, you know, the, the kitchens are the same, and, and if you, you know, bang around in a kitchen for 25 years, you need some new stuff, duh, right? Unless you're, unless you're never there or never cook, you know, type of thing. Um, the, and so it, the difference is, so if you buy it and you want to bring it up to whatever, you have to buy it and you got to put, you know, 50 grand in the kitchen the bathrooms, right? So it brings you back up to kind of where it was when it, when it sold, plus a little bit. So it's not like, <clears throat> but the idea of, of Nancy, when we'll talk to her when she comes on, going out and getting Greg Pappas this, you know, $400,000 loan, and they're throwing everything in the hat to make the loan, well, and the next day they go, okay, let's start our 150 grand remodeling. Where does that come from? I mean, this is, this Builder's is, loan. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know, that, but a lot of people are, are scratching to get the mortgage loan, right, Chet? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I could see something happening back in the 90s, Tom, when I was living down in Lakeview, which, you know, during my years there, it, it, and it really didn't, didn't take very long for it to happen, but the, the neighborhood was really transformed in some stretches where, you know, the houses built before 1900 were just knocked down willy-nilly and these things sprang up practically overnight, you know, two or three flat condo buildings or more, six six unit condo buildings on the old site and, and these were, you know, cinder block construction and they, I mean, they looked nice from the front, but you look on the sides of them and they were, you know, not, not those, not those ugly four plus ones. Yeah, well, <laughs> that was, and those were reviled even as soon as they were built. You know, the, the four apartment, the stacked apartments sitting on top of an open parking area. Yeah, oh god, that was awful. Those things have, we were kind of cursed from the day that they were opened. But these other places, I thought, you know, twenty, thirty years down the road, these aren't going to just require updating; they're going to require reconstruction. They, they were not built to last. They were not sealed right for moisture. The cinder blocks they were using were, you know, gave the illusion of stability and security. But I, I could just see these things eroding and ruining the, you know, the interiors, the ceilings, and the walls before very long. And I think that's all starting to happen. And it isn't now just a question of, you know, updating, but of you know, rebuilding it. And I don't, I don't think that's in anybody's budget. And I don't think any condo project um, that was built on the cheap like that has long-term prospects for economic security well you you wonder you always state. you always hear uh you know carl rag and big time about when these hurricanes hit or storms hit and all of a sudden they, a, a house is down and the insurance and you know maybe people are dead who knows but uh that would hopefully not be the outcome but the, if they are nobody ever goes in there and says hey the guy who built it didn't build where's the code you know nobody ever goes after anybody i mean i'm not saying no. You should be stringing all these guys up, you know, by the by the, by the hangman's noose. But I mean, I, I uh, whenever you feel like you can't sleep, I'll give you a few books. One of them is uh, Foundations and uh, and Building, uh, you know, Foundations and all the concrete work that goes into a house. Right? They talk about concrete black, you know, cinder black, like you're talking about, how you're supposed to build it and uh, to do it properly. I've never once seen a place go up like that, ever. According to what this book says, you're supposed to do. I mean, uh, it, I mean, what have you seen one where the rebar comes all the way from the bottom, and that and those particular things in the concrete block are all filled with concrete all the way up, so you have a solid thing tied off for like every few feet that the that the rebar holds the whole place together. And I've never seen anybody do that, do you? No. And that's how you're supposed to do it. 
mean, right. I mean, you don't just use a concrete block as a brick. You're supposed to fill part of it up with concrete. Well, there, there isn't much strength in the hollow the cinder block when you start no. stacking them on top of each other, and it gets rained on all the time, and, and it isn't waterproof really. So, I, I'm just, I really think that you know, anytime you see a natural disaster in in a country like Italy or, or anywhere in Europe. But the first thing that comes out of it is, boy, we have some shoddy construction in this part of the world, and how do we never let this stuff get built? And of course, the, the builders have long since cashed the check, and they don't care about this. And the, oh yeah, the, there's the, there's no way to to really prevent this from happening. You're not going to be able to, to back build everything that's been constructed. But we we have, I think, slowly turned into a third world country ourselves, and we don't want to admit it, or we we hate to see it. Um, but we're going to have this. The same kind of thing. It may take. It won't take a natural disaster to destroy a lot of these places. It's just going to take time, and it isn't like when I was growing up. My parents could buy a 40, 50 year old house and be pretty certain it was structurally sound. And yet, you need it up. Oh, if you bought a 40, 50 year old bungalow, I think it would stand a tank assault. Right. It still would. Yeah. That's solid brick, though, isn't it? The solid brick, and you downstairs the the the, the basement has the I beam holding the place up, and all your all your wood yeah. has the the, the things that keep the floor from from turning every like five feet, you'll see somebody put the the cross the cross uh, braces in the in the stuff. Tie bars, yeah, I got yeah. them in my, my two flat here. You can see them protruding out the sides to hold the, the structures together in the in the event of wind or settling or something. But you know, I, I just can't see anybody today buying a a, a house you know, or an apartment building that was constructed after 1990. And seeing it as perfectly solid fifty years from that at all, I just, I just don't. I never saw one. Being well, it depends built on if people built it. You know, if somebody built it and they kept their eye on the guy, you, you would. Yeah, yeah, and it, it isn't. It's not just you know. I think relaxed housing or building codes because that. I mean that's that's become an economic factor where now you can you can have plastic plumbing, or you know copper plumbing in a Chicago house. You couldn't for really ever until you know the last 20 30 years um and it's mainly expense because it's 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 expensive to get a plumber to thread pipe and install it and lead has been you know reviled as you know, yeah you don't really want lead that's what no. took, took the romans down so right? i mean all, all these things have, have you know degraded overall in quality in the name of expense and it isn't like these these houses or buildings were cheap to buy at the time or or even now, but they belie just how cheaply they were built, and I, I see a whole, you know, fleet of problems that, that you'll never really hear people talk about because it's too depressing. Um, well, if you want to talk about energy, energy efficiency, it really should start with the homes, and then the office buildings and things like that. I mean, look how much yeah. look how much money one seventy five West Jackson uh, saved when they put a dome over the. For those who don't know, it's it's a huge building. It's a whole square block, so you can't have only the outside people that have a window, right? So what do they call those things in the middle where it's empty? Atrium. Courtyard, a light corridor. Light corridor. The inside is maybe 100 feet by 100 feet or more in the middle where those, you you, know, you look out in somebody else's office, but at least you got light. Well, for years and years, those things didn't have a roof on them. So no. when you open those windows, were all just like they were outside again. When you put a even a glass roof over the thing, how much did you save? I mean, a boatload, right? Well, and you, you could turn it into rentable space, which, um, or, or at least, you know, you can see this in older buildings, like in the Rookery on LaSalle Street, which has a glass-covered port. It always did, and it had an up, you know, 
a court above that for all the office space that was not roofed over. But the, the first floor was roofed into the spectacular, you know, greenhouse effect. Um, and, you know, this was, you know, it's, it's a beautiful public space and you could have stores and shops around it and charge rent, you know, very high rent for these places. But so, the cost of fixing the stuff up, I might have been Chicago Magazine. This had to be, I don't know how many years ago this was, John. It had to do with uh, the Sears Tower. Now the Willis Tower. Ugh. But they were talking about if you really did it right, all those things are single pane, the whole place. And if you if you redid everything with double pane, you know your be, your best newest windows, and the, the thing has those different spots where all of a sudden there's another roof and it doesn't go any higher. Right. They were talking about putting ten or fifteen of those little, uh, not the windmills, the Dutch kind of kind, the one that looked like globes and they just spin around. Mm-hmm. Not, there's always wind up there. So we put those things out there. How you could you could save enough energy for like a thousand homes or something? It's a huge, it's a huge amount if you did all that for a place like that. I mean, it's, I mean, it, it, I mean, you look at how the square footage of of uh, single pane windows to the air in a winter day, it's or a summer day. I mean, I, this is I mean, the, the investing in the infrastructure has to do with individual stuff, right? I mean, it's no windows That's in right. my place. It's no, I mean, it's. The, it's not like we don't have enough to do around here. And I, you know, one one of the things about the you know the, the migrants coming in, the uh, and I you know you can look at it in a bunch of different ways. And if you take it from the outside, you know how bad's the border? What are we doing in Venezuela? You know, if anything, uh, is there any any way we could stop the, the carnage down there? I think the answer there is probably no, but I but I don't know that much about Venezuela. Uh, but now you have. Let's say you got twenty thousand people here, fifteen thousand of which are are kind of real people. I don't know if they're all, but uh, and you have nothing but areas where people have fled in the last twenty years. You can either go crazy about it, or you can say, "Here's an opportunity for a new neighborhood." You know, you can do one or the other. I and mean, obviously, we're not doing Part B here, are we? I mean, I mean, it's well, we sure aren't. No. It's not like it's not like there aren't nothing but empty spaces in the city for guys. When these guys talk about, geez, we got what about this plot? What about that? God, Jan, how, how many acres and acres don't have a soul in in this town? Well, you know who 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 is going to rebuild in those neighborhoods sometime? Unless you can't be guaranteed, um, you know, enough tax revenue to build, you know. Businesses or retail stores that they aren't a solution anymore anyway, even, even in the thriving neighborhood And you've got a you know a terrible response to the need for schools, you know we've got The worst infrastructure to attract people to neighborhoods that really need investment because if anybody with any sense would see it as just a rat hole for their investment There's no way they're ever going to make a return on it. They, they can't get people to go in and risk their lives every day. The people who are living there are, are the most you know, dire, pathetic but there's, of all. Nobody's there's a, there's places, not, uh, hopefully you're not you're not hanging around uh, in a lot of these areas, but actually she hasn't, she hasn't been there since COVID, but one of my ladies, at the, my ladies, friends who worked at the series, used to serve breakfast, and she's she was my source in Inglewood. And she was in the Inglewood where my grandparents used to live, and she goes, we don't have any crime. Nobody's any money there. The people that are left, all the, all the crime has moved west. So I mean, that's exactly the phenomenon. Yeah. Right. But I mean, what I'm saying is, you could, 
there's a spot I see on the Rock Island all the time. It's probably not the best spot, but I just happen to look at it. There's a there's an old school there that looks like it's been abandoned, but it's big. It probably has a cafeteria and it has some showers at some point. Um, you know, I don't know what the rehab of that to get it going is, but I hope the pipes aren't all frozen and stuff. Maybe they are. But there's also a smattering within like, you know, half a mile each way. There's a smattering of homes still there, most of them abandoned. And okay, so so somebody dropped, you know, some money on my on my doorstep, and I'm gonna say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give me three hundred people, let's put them in the school, find out who who can do what. Do we have any plasterboard workers? Do we have any carpenters? What do we got? Let's buy two or three of those places. Have everybody uh, remodel the place, and by the way, as soon as an apartment's done, somebody moves in, and we'll, we'll find some way where you can rent the place with an option to buy or do something. And oh, by the way, if there's a lot next door, we're buying that, and we're, we're building a new place there. That that that's how places happen, <laughs> you know. And, and we're talking about areas that have transportation downtown. There's buses. There's out. There's an L train right there. These aren't bad spots. People like used to live there and be happy. I mean, we don't. I mean, uh, if you ever seen the, uh, uh, if you ever going to see Hoover Dam, uh, Boulder City is. Uh, if you see the the film, uh, you see people in tents essentially down on the river be- bed, which is horrible weather. I mean, it's hotter than the hinges of hell down there. It's like the desert floor, and people are down there waiting for the you know for the work to start. Well, once the work started, they decided to make this this uh, town, Boulder City. It's a government, still a government town. And the places, Johnny said, guys would go to work in the morning. They come back, they couldn't find their house because there's there's a new house next door already. <laughs> I mean, and like, wait a minute, there was an empty lot this morning, and now there's a house there. It's I mean, the classic boom town, you know? But I mean, whether it was oil or a public works project or a gold rush or something else, you know, it, people came and the, the, the places were transformed in 24 hours, every 24 hours. But you, you, you drive through place. those streets right now, you'd have no problem living there. They're nice. I mean, you know, they're not they're not the Taj Mahal, but they're, they're pretty nice. And, uh, it's a, I mean, right now we, we have a bunch of people, all they do is say we can't. Or is it just me? Well, look, look, at, look at the latest thing of the struggle of the schools, Tom, where they're, they're, they're really trying to get rid of the whole, you know, selective enrollment process where if you can test your child into a, you know, a magnet school that actually has some reputation that was worth, you know, signing on to, and promises a better education than you get in your neighborhood school. That's all going by the, the boards. That they're going to kill that off. Um, well, they don't so want any charter schools. They don't want any of this. So, well, let's go to break. Then we'll do. Then we come back. As if you up eleven. As if you up eighteen. Because there's a lot of stories in there. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for 
stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProtoRuck can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices, along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708 programming in a minute but first listen to this seems the new york mint is releasing to the public classic u.s gold coins there's a number you can call for free historical information and a free dvd but first it says that during the great depression people were greedy for gold coins because no one wanted to face economic turbulence without the security of gold the government finally took them out of circulation and a government meltdown was ordered that's why most of us have never even seen a classic u.s gold coin but recently a stash was discovered in europe Gleaming U.S. gold coins minted between 1866 and 1933, all uncirculated. It says the New York Mint is releasing them to the public on a first-come, first-served basis when you call. Here it is, 1-800-906-3949. Wouldn't that be amazing to hold U.S. history? Okay, if you want that free historical information and the free collector's DVD, the number to call is 1-800-906-3949. 1-800-906-3949. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. As leader of all illegal activities in Casablanca, I am an influential and respected man. Bay Stacks and Jacks, Matt. Who's that? What's what's the, what's the occasion? Well, that's uh, we got Keith Richards and Mick Jagger on that one. Uh, it's Keith Richards' birthday. Eighty yeah. years old today. If you can believe it. Good for him. And uh, um, considering what those guys did to themselves, you know, it's <laughs> a testament a testament to the human body. I think. Absolutely. SP yeah, Futures now up twelve. And SP Futures up twelve. Nasdaq Futures up twenty. Um, John, it's uh, the I was out with actually somebody who. Uh, We'll go nameless, but is uh, on the board, might even be chairman of a place that you're near and dear to your heart. I won't say a high school. Um, 
And it's funny how the Catholic schools, evidently, most of them can, I think he said it was 15, 16 grand is the, is the actual cost. Might, might have been 17 to put somebody through a year of school. Well, all in. And the Chicago public schools are into paying over 20 per kid in whatever school they land in high school, right? Three yeah, I think 28,000 is the number. Is that high? I thought it was like 20 or 21, but... Depends on if you include the fixed costs. Or that's right, that's the, right. The it's building 20, costs. That's right, because 20 or 21 follows you to the place if the kid shows up. And yet Catholic schools seem to be able to do it for appreciably less than that. And, you know, I'm going to say that education, I'll use, I'll use the term, it's at least as good, right? <laughs> I'd go farther. I'd go further, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what do we, when you have, you know, a certain piece of the community saying, we just had more money, more money, and other people resist, saying money's not the issue, I mean, uh, you got you got to believe that those people are at least somewhat right. You know, and I understand that, some of the kids in the public schools have way more problems than the kids who go to Catholic school. Now, whether you're you're treating those issues or whether you're just talking about them or something, I, you know, if everybody has, uh, you know, drug treatment, if everybody's got parent counseling, if everybody's got all that, it it may cost you that. But I don't think they do, do they? No. No, they, but they want them. You know, this uh, Brandon Johnson, the mayor's solution to this is he doesn't want to measure school success by standardized test. He wants to measure success by the amount of money in each school. Well, you know, I, I think we're already overspending given the product that we have, but uh, it, once you say that you know, t- test scores don't matter, I think you're really telling people, we don't care if your child gets educated here or not as long as we've got, you know, a budget and a balance sheet, sheet that so- shows your school, you know, putting in 40000 per student. Now we're, now we're a success. And I just find it unbelievably cruel to treat people that way, for starters, let alone the, the fact that you know, we're, we're raising, if you can call it that, you know, a generation of people who are uh, completely unschooled in science, math, and English. So uh, that's an awfully expensive route to fail. Yeah, what, is it, what is your goal if you're not educating people? I, well, it, clearly, it's, it's just you know, stuff the coffers of the, the CPS and the Chicago teachers union and he couldn't be more naked in, in his well you know assessment of how he's going to measure success it's just going to take money Tom. so boy I'll, you know well, I mean, if, you're, if, you're teaching, if you're teaching algebra for a year isn't the goal at the end of the year to kids know algebra supposedly right. you know a reasonable percentage of the class anyway maybe somebody have to take it don't get credit for it but in, in this world it doesn't seem to matter whether you master the skill or, or even marginally capable in it, um, you're going to get promoted anyway, and you'll, you'll get an A in the class even if you didn't learn anything. So, um, the uh, I think I don't, I don't know what, what you can do to turn around some of these areas. Yeah, I, think, I think we have to, we can't ignore people, but I don't even understand. I mean, I, did you happen to watch Channel 5 News last night? I was watching if they're a football game. And they had uh, some people on there and it was a, a bunch of African American families talking about People that are missing, and uh, like nobody looks for them. You know, I don't, nobody's looking for them, but they they're missing. And uh, I mean, I know that that's been a, an issue in, in some neighborhoods for a while. 
But the, the one guy's talking about the, like the dead, and I, you know, I don't, I don't hardly let the guy on TV to be honest with you. The guys, obviously, well, I'm not, I don't know what drugs are taken, but the dude has got some serious issues. I mean, some serious issues. And uh, it's talking about, it's talking about his kid, and uh, you know, basically his teeth are falling out. The guy's, you know, five four. Looks like he's a meth head. What, you know, I mean, I, <clears throat> okay, I mean, it has, has a drug issue. Doesn't mean you shouldn't be helped. Doesn't mean, you know, whatever. Doesn't mean he still could be a fine human being. Probably could be. But the idea, or maybe is. And But they're talking about the, the, the kid was in a car with his kid. Banged into a parked car. Now, they didn't say for sure it was his car. But banged into a parked car and get out, gets out and ran away from the scene. And hasn't been seen or heard from. How, how, the, how the hell do you, do you actually find this guy? It's not like a... We're not talking about a kidnapping. I mean, we're not, not, not what you even do here. The, you know, the guy hasn't used a credit card, and he hasn't touched any of his bank accounts. Like, you know, how many he's got, I don't know. But I mean, I, I, what, what exactly do you do in that one? And, and there's got to be ten people there all crying. And, and granted, if it's a family member, I, I get it. You know, you want to know where somebody is, but where would he even start? The guy ran away. Appears. Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. But you know, these a lot of these kids and the missings. I mean, there's, there's enough lethargy in the police department and police detective work where they can't keep up with, with what's happening, and that's that's one of the aspects of the problem. But there's another part of it that a lot of these people never had or wanted a safety network with their families, and they deliberately, you know, avoided them, stayed out of touch with them. They don't want to deal with them, and it's kind of a two-way street. Nobody. You know, these situations have something that they want to return to, you know, to whatever abusive relationship or, or uninvolved parentage or you name it. And there is no way you can make up for that loss. I just I don't think there's any government agency or police department or anything else that, that can counteract that. If you don't have enough, you know, wherewithal to reach out somehow to a family member who's in distress. And don't know where they are, and don't know where to go to, to find out information about them, or don't trust the pe- people they've gotten involved with. There isn't any any police department that can really do very much. Sorry, right? Well, it's yeah. Terrible. Hey, let's uh, before we get uh, well, Nancy, I talk more about the the re- real uh, real estate stuff. But uh, Greg, our friend here, sent us those uh, charts a while ago. It's my your opinion, and you start seeing the. Uh, um, the issues with top, you know, tenth of percent, one percent, doing well. Which, by the way, I don't have a problem with. I'm not really problem making people making money. I'm in, I'm in a, I'm in a trading business, so I, I don't really like a policy where you're active, actively pushing prices higher by, by dumping money to some people and not other people. I mean, I, I think that is a, as a, it's not, it's about the same as Argentina for God's sake, um, and on a smaller scale. But the. This stuff doesn't appear, at least in historically, Jan, to not be perpetuating. You reach a point where, I mean, it happened in 29, it happened in 2000. Uh, you don't really want... I'd like to see things even out a little bit. Um, is it possible that we could we could hang in there for five years with no inflation? Not the way these buffoons are... are, are well, we're looking for two, but if it's three or four, it's okay... They still want more. They, they want to go back to what we're doing, right? Just keep pumping money in. 
let's say somebody maybe with a different attitude got in charge and said we're not gonna we're not gonna do any if we're just gonna keep everything flat for three or four years and we keep the money supply stable and we're gonna hope that people's uh, wages grow into this this price level my guess is that would be what I would probably try and do because the other stuff just is too unpalatable I mean the idea that you're gonna drop it 20% and hope it just lands in the right spot it, you know that's what happened in 1932 that didn't work out so hard uh, so I mean I don't know what the, the plan but but these numbers since Greg brought that in four or five weeks ago we've had massive rallies so whatever the numbers were they're a lot more extended now so obviously you can't trade on this stuff right I mean, if, you, if you look at those charts and bought puts or shorted stocks I don't think you're trading much anymore I mean so I guess how far can it go is or when are when are people gonna either wake up or what's it gonna come from I mean I was talking to Greg before he came in to me this China situation looks to me in terms of dollars or in terms of magnitude way worse than the long-term capital was or the Argentinian debt back you know 20 years ago when I was on the floor Yet, nobody seems to worry about it. I mean, uh, I mean, what what are the catalysts that might actually shake this tree that these guys have uh, essentially built and not allowed to grow? What can happen here? What what should I be worried about for my investors? I mean, I always have some, you know, I always drag in some puts just in case something bad happens. Uh, but you know, is that enough? Is it, or else is it just let's just be long and forever, at least until the election, and uh, everything everything is just going to be okay? I mean, and, and we're just going to hide the bad news and go with the good stuff. I mean, I, I after seeing the, stu- the stuff in 2000 and reading a real lot about the stuff in 29, I really don't want to go through that, John. Rather not. No. So what, what, what do you we think? didn't have back then, Tom, and, and really I've never seen before, is something like a Chinese economy that pretty much, you know, fulfilled and, and you know, surpass the expectations of anybody in this country who thought we're going to see a, a quasi-capitalist you know, economy spring out of nothing in China and and leave us, you know, reeling from the effect where there was nothing like that kind of a national buildup out of nowhere with, you know, a huge a country of enormous population, one we can barely conceive given the size of our country. And it all looked fine for you know a decade or a decade and a half before um, the whole thing is starting now to completely implode. I think, and there was there was I can't factor in anything in twenty nine or two thousand or two thousand eight of the likes of what we're facing in in China right now. Um, and at the same time, you know, we're, we're fueling and funding two wars. That, that nobody saw on the horizon, I don't think. I, or if they did, they didn't want to think about it, you know, back in 2021 or so. And now it's just been, you know, it's grinding our economy down if we didn't have a China to worry about too. But of course we do. So uh, there's a there's a tremendous energy now to keep the bad news at bay. And I think the Chinese bad news is, is going to be just spectacular because there's no way now to say how little these these assets are worth in the real estate market and to some extent that's true in this country in the commercial real estate market too to actually find out how little an office building can sell for is such depressing news that nobody really wants to think about it until 
you know, your back is against the wall and you have to bite the bullet and sell the thing at any price. But it's, it's all going to conspire, I think, to happen on a, a timetable that we really can't control. So that the only thing you can control is the way you let the bad news dribble out. And I think there's going to be a lot of energy spent in, you know, Well, John, do you think there's a chance that whoever is or was up their eyeballs, you know, and then you hear names like Black Rock and places like that, but you don't really know. Uh, the guy who runs a place doesn't seem like a dummy for sure. Um, have they recognized this over the last five or six years, and are they are they leaking out gradually to where if something happened today, they'd, they'd, they'd have a shutter, but they'd be okay? I mean, you don't, you don't really know people's... Um, I mean, obviously, in, in Russia, long-term capital was up to their eyeballs and stuff. Right. Well, you, you, know, you, know, you would expect places like that to have um, you know, information and a sense of what's really happening that, that you know, governments don't, and certainly the average person doesn't. But I wonder you know, um, if they're really trustworthy indicators here, or if they too are so deeply involved in this that they can't let the, you know, the truth come out about how undervalued their assets are and how deeply they were invested in Chinese real estate, whether commercial or residential, it doesn't really matter. I don't think at this point it's all going under, pretty much. Well, the uh, but I, I, I don't think BlackRock and these places are are in any better spot, Tom. Just given their size, they're probably much more invested now in keeping the image up that they were above all this and were not heavily invested. I would find it really hard to believe that they aren't in as precarious a spot as China too. One of the listeners, I think, sent me a, a thing a couple of weeks ago that the a lot of the debt that's held from over there is pension funds. Now, you think it's 1% of the fund? 2, 10, 20? I mean, I hope it's 1 or 2. And there's a lot of dough that people sent over there. I just wonder where it is. Yeah, and, and, and how much of it is real estate in this country, too? A lot of it. And um, the, 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 nobody wants to think about how you know bad those investments could, could turn out to be. And this is I think one of the things maybe we've gotten better at is our ability to sequester information or mislead, you know, the markets or mislead ourselves and and give the illusion that we really are on top of this. There's no doubt about that. Does that just mean that the day the emperor has no clothes is really bad? Oh, I mean, it's, but, you know, you couldn't hide these things as well as you can hide them now, Tom, and it's kind of hard for me to explain it in a way that even makes sense to me. But we're so assaulted with information everywhere we go. Um, you get enough information that's you know, designed to deceive you. Um, it, it pretty much has that effect. You know, Everybody is deceived. And then they can you know, wake up in the morning and feel better than they did yesterday for no reason other than that they were told they can. And there's a lot of people saying you can't. And you know, the economy is just fine. And there's no reason to worry about it. And who's, who's scared about what's going to happen in China? It can't be. That bad. I'm always worried when I hear people with this kind of message because I, I think they know something uh, that, that they're not telling and the, the value here is in keeping people quiet about it and, and not letting you think about it because the, 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 the prospect is too hideous. Well, the, uh, when, when you look at you know, the market and you, one thing you can't do is you can't ever look at a market say that, boy, I think this thing's overvalued or something, something. <clears throat> it's uh, you, you, you can't trade that way because guess what? You run over. Right. I mean, you may you may think that. Uh, ever, ever tell you about this guy? Uh, way 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 back in the day, 
we first started. This is this is before Fast Money was on CNBC, because that really was was Jan's show, or Jan. We were all on it, but we did a thing. Remember, uh, well, we were on Fox TV, and I think we were on in Peoria or something place. We we're supposed to be on a bunch of places, but we weren't really. So we ran, uh, I don't even know if there were podcasts back then, but it was like four of us that went on one night a week and talked about the market. It was like traders talking about TV. It was very, very similar to this Fast Money that uh, those guys did. Remember uh, Dylan Radigan? Mm-hmm. Um, well, Dylan was a buddy of John's, and he came out and he goes, the show's genius. Essentially, it's the same thing as sports writers on TV. You know, it was a bunch of guys from the trading floor talking about the market. And uh, so he grabbed it and he went with it. And... <coughs> Obviously, it's been a big success for how many years out on uh, CNBC. Uh, one of the guys in the group, he was a, his family were was builders, Armenian dude, big, tall, good-looking guy, gorgeous wife, and uh, they built homes, condos where they would build it, and they'd build a four flat, and they'd sell a three, and they'd get theirs for free, you know that kind of thing. You know, so I mean, they were very successful. And the family had all this money, and he and he ended up managing the money for the family. Well, he decides that. Uh, Tenant Healthcare, uh, THC, has some issue. You know, I, I forget even what it was that they were cooking the books or doing something. It's a long time ago. I mean, or there was some some way they were counting something that wasn't really revenue. I, I don't know. But he found he found out all about it, right? So he's short to beat the man. This thing. And the weird part, he was he was right. Whatever his research was, I didn't. You know, I didn't get. It. I'm, I'm not that much of a single stock uh, trader kind of guy. So he's trading this thing, and it's 45, it's 50, it's 55, it's 58, it's 60. And he's, you know, he's getting, finally the guy gets carried out. I don't know if he blew all his money and blew all the family's money. Uh, I don't know whatever happened with that, whether they, you know, bounced him out of the family or what. But the thing ended up, I don't know how many months after um, he essentially blew out, Whatever the news was that he knew about, or I don't say he knew, not, not somebody told him, but he figured out, came out, stock went from like 60 something to six. But he was gone badly. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, you just can't look at something and say, wow, uh, Costco's a, you know, I love the store. We're, we've been members there forever. <clears throat> well, what are we doing to retail at 44 PE? I mean, what are we doing? I mean, that's th- those things. You know, retailers should be 20p or 18 or something on a good day. You know, historically, that doesn't mean that it won't be 60p by the end of Christmas. I mean, uh, so don't don't trade it all on what I'm talking about. You look at uh, you know uh, Adobe; it's 41p. Uh, okay, it's a mature company. How does a mature company be 41p? I mean, can they double? I don't see how they can double. So I mean, you look at these prices, and, and people get very used to them. A lot of it has to do with the interest rates and stuff. And you say, okay, I, don't, I mean, we're talking about, I mean, there are times when there are grumpy old dudes like maybe you and me that would say, okay, Costco is trading uh, 664 It's up another 5 bucks today. Um, say, all right, a company like that should be making, you know, uh, $40 a year and sending me a check for 15 Well, John, that's, that's not a, <laughs> that's nowhere near what, you know, we're not even close to that one, are we? And right. never, never, never in my great grandkids lifetime, if I had one, is that going to happen? So, you look at some of the pricing, and you know maybe that's just the way things are now, and they're always going to be like that. If anything, they're going higher. Yet, there are times when you say you're never going to send me a check. 
you know, you're never going to make any money or that kind of money. What are you doing? More than happy to buy back their stock. Yeah, they don't buy back their stock because like, well, somebody's got a bonus or, or a stock option somewhere. I mean, it's they they. And what do you do with the, what do you do with the board if someday the uh, they pay you? Yeah, but I mean, what, what if you do? I mean, this pay this, you wouldn't pay themselves at the same time. But I'm saying this is this is this has happened before with companies where a stock like and I'm not, again I'm not predicting this. The Costco someday there's a problem. There's a problem. God knows where. Whether it's in you know Argentina, whether it's China, something, and all of a sudden the market has this huge correction. Interest rates shoot up, blah blah blah, and all of a sudden Costco's trading, you know, three fifty. Yeah, I don't want to see that. Then you look at your board and say, let me get this straight. You idiots bought how many shares at like six sixty? Now it's trading three fifty. Where was the bargain there? That you spent our money on the stack at that level, now look at it. They'll say, Well, we did it for did it for something, something. No, that's a horrible trade. When people started buying their stock back, I mean, Craig, when were people allowed to even buy their stock back? It used to be you couldn't do it. But the idea is... Also all, not be able to use to short well, the market. Well, I'm, uh, you can always short the market. When you do a ban of shorts, it's... I mean, no, you know, you, the only thing is you had to you you need an uptick. Try and, try and find out what even uptick is today. For what I saw something recently. I can't remember where I read it um, about you know that there's a drive underfoot to take Macy's private. Oh yeah. Um, and you know I wonder if it, it, it. First of all, the thinking behind that I think must be, and I, I can't speak to it, but um, it's got to be. Well, we're going to be a survivor in any kind of a shakeout where this you know retail company stocks are you know are not a solid. Investment in a climate like this, where the, the well, whole yeah, industry it's down invented. what seventy percent or something. Yeah, people are saying it's this low. It's already dead. Speaking if of which, you take a private that's just like somebody saying, "All right, I'll I'll take a shot on it." Yeah, but at some level, somebody's going to say, "I'll take." But speaking of which, Nippon Steel has been fifty-five hours for U.S. Steel today, which closed forty Friday night. I think so stocks up. I think bucks. Tommy Tuberville might actually take a loss on that one. Why? What do you do? Well, he's one of the best insi- he's one of the best insider traders on the hill, and I think he was buying puts last week. And he was still why? Well, I don't know, but it looks like it, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he was I buying feeling, calls. I have a feeling but, that he's on the right side of this. But uh, I think he might finally have a loss. Anybody who, pl- who coached in the South and his name's Tommy, guarantee is on the right side. <laughs> Tommy, t- I mean, he's a he's a interesting trader that's for sure yeah. he's done real well in duh it. and I'm thinking maybe he might have finally gotten tagged on something or maybe they did it on purpose to make him look well, do, you, do you think these are like survival tactics I mean is, is the is a Macy's or any retailer likely you know not to survive you know in this climate as a public company just because they're they're tied to a, you know, a generally failing trend that unless they can kind of reinvent themselves or sports but you know, break their ties to you know what was happening around them they don't have a chance to hold out you know as a company that has any reason to exist anymore in the you know the light of an Amazon or you know, Home Depot or anything else what 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 do you do is the stock market a, a way to to save your company or is it a, a way to bring it down well, John, you never, I mean, you and I are not privy 
you know, our, our uh, former friend Bob, uh, well, former because he's not here anymore, um, the, he could maybe dig out from some of the balance sheets and so forth and the reports what these places are sort of worth. But I'm talking about a Macy's. You're talking about a place that has real estate. You're talking about a place that has a lot of stuff maybe going for it. And at some level, you, you see this happen to the market all the time, where all of a sudden somebody just loves a stock, and it just goes up, up, up. I mean, uh, I mean like I said, you know, Costco just keeps going up. Home Depot, they just love these places. Adobe keeps going up. Lululemon, they sell tights, for God's sake. What are they, like 50 times earnings or something, or 40? I, I didn't look, but off the top of my head. Uh, you know, I'm not degrading selling tights. I mean, if you do a good job, you make money, which they obviously are, but they're not making that much if, it, if the PE is that much. But at some point, if you also go the other way. And there's stocks like last year, if you'd, have, if you'd have put your money in dividend stocks and said, I didn't want to be in the Magnificent Seven, we had a lot of traders that did this at, at uh, one of the places I do business with. And guys are all over Verizon. They're all over telephone. They've had horrendous years. Now, at some point. But they made 7%. Yeah, well, yeah. But I mean, here, the telephone is, uh, you know, the telephone is, is 16 bucks. Beginning of the year, it was 30 I think that's, that's, that's a cash play versus a growth play. Well, but I, well, my point is, if it goes down, if the market, something happens in the market, and all of a sudden one day telephone's trading nine or something, it wouldn't surprise me that some private says, the market's giving these guys no respect. We think they're worth more than that. We'll just buy it at nine. But it, that, that, right? Why Those wouldn't it? would be the yeah. people who value cash more than the other yeah. growth. Right. So, you know. Well, you, don't, you don't know why it is. Do they, I mean, when... Uh, when uh, who the hell bought uh, Northwest Airlines? Delta. Well, I'll give you maybe an example people know more of. When CCB bought uh, Capital Cities Broadcasting, bought ABC. Back when we were in some horrible recession at the time, they bought the place and they were uh, everybody was oh man, what would you buy? Pay that much for ABC for? ABC had a building that was a square block in, in uh, Manhattan. The building was worth more than they paid for the company. But you, you and I wouldn't know that. that good that, trade. Yeah, it was a good trade. Yeah. Same thing, Northwest Airlines, I think, whoever bought them. Delta, right? Was it Delta? Delta and sure. WA. Okay, well, they they owned a square block of real estate in Tokyo. At the time, Tokyo's real estate was to the moon. So they made out like a bandit on a deal. So unless you're privy to all those, you know, the addresses, how much it's been depreciated, how much is, how much is leased, how much do you own, we, we can't get that info. Right. Anyway, right. SP features up 12, NASDAQ features up 25. Be right back. Should have Miss Nancy Long Graham with us. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again.
Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708 349 3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here. Hello and welcome to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen, in front of the board. Looks like we got one merger in, one out. The one out is Adobe and Figma call off their $20 billion merger. We have Nippon Steel making a bid for U.S. Steel. So we'll see how that one goes. It's $15 over market price, which is, uh, you know, seems like that's a lot. But that's uh, if you're a U.S. Steel shareholder, you're having a happy morning. That's like I said, SP Futures up 13, NASDAQ Futures up 24, continuing our rally. Dow Futures up 69. I don't really see... Uh, at Chevron, Texaco up a buck ninety-two. At Goldman Sachs up two twenty-one. Uh, not much else going on in the, in the Dow. Obviously, U.S. Steel is up uh, eleven twenty-nine to fifty sixty-two. The bid's supposed to be for fifty-five, so it's not at fifty-five yet, but it moved up a lot. Um, over in Europe, we had a mixed bag. We still do. DAX down sixty-six point four percent. FTSE up fifty-one point seven percent. CAC around down twenty-three point three percent. For Asia. Again, it kind of uh, these guys can't can't get out of their own way, or it's making me more nervous every day. Actually, Nikkei down to 11.6 percent. They're not a problem. They're still pretty high on the year. Hang Seng down 162. That's a full one percent. 16.6. Shanghai down 11.75 to 29.30 to closer now to 2900 near 3000. So they continue to leak, leak, leak. Friday up, but just a little bit. Um, we had the Dow up 56, S&P down 36 cents. NASDAQ up 52, so kind of an inside day. Uh, Bands down 2 basis points, 3.91. One down up 2 basis points, 2.03. Japan down 4 basis points, 0.67. We got oil still creeping up. Dollar for now more than creeping. It was up 46 cents a while, and now it's up a buck 46. Oil rises on Red Sea jitters. Russian export cut. There's somebody who doesn't want their ships on the Red Sea for some reason. Uh, we'll figure out more about that tomorrow. A brand of a buck sixty-one, two two point one percent. Natural gas up eight eight cents, two fifty-five. Our bob up two cents, two sixteen. We've got gold up two ninety, up a little, not very much. Two thousand thirty-eight. Silver up two cents, twenty-four seventeen. Copper down two cents, three eighty-six. Uh, we have crypto getting whacked there. Well, it was down over a thousand, but now it's only down eight seventy-one, still two percent. Bitcoin forty-one thousand two ten. U.S. dollar is uh, down a little bit against the euro. Euro's up to 109.2 and unchanged against the pound. But it's a pretty good move against the euro at 109.2. Uh, 109 we have for us Travis Weather Sports. 
Yeah, good morning. It's currently 7.36 a.m. on December 18th, 2023. As far as traffic uh, towards downtown, 20 minutes both ways on the Kennedy from O'Hare to the Jane Byrne Interchange. Uh, as well as that, 20 minutes inbound on the Eisenhower from Wolf Road to Jane Byrne. Weather in Chicago, 32 degrees currently with a high of 32 today. Uh, mostly clear but pretty cold. Tomorrow, sunny skies and a high of 33. Down in Phoenix, Arizona, mostly clear, uh, 50 degrees currently, and a high of 78 today with expected sunny skies. That sounds good. Sounds pretty good to me, yeah. <laughs> if only we, we can get just a slice of that. Uh, yesterday in the NFL, though, Bears lost to Cleveland Browns. Uh, that was 22-17. It's all uh, about the pick. They didn't exactly. Lose. It's all about the pick. <laughs> it's all about next year. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, this marks the Bears' ninth loss this season. Tonight, though, Eagles play Seahawks at 7:15. Uh, Eagles currently placing third overall in the current NFL standings. Baltimore Ravens and 49ers are tied for the top with 11 wins and three losses each. So for now, Chief, back to you. Someday I couldn't watch any of the games on Saturday because they were on. They're supposed to be on Prime, but then Audrey is Prime. Mm. Turns out they. Then they said they were on Prime Plus. Then evidently they were on the NFL uh. Network, which she doesn't get. <laughs> now one of the games Saturday they're saying is going to be on. Uh, NBC Plus or something. Uh, what, yeah. what the hell? They keep moving I, it from you. I really, I really don't want to pay all these people. I'm not going to. It's, it's like a, it's, it's, it's like a carrot on a, on a stick to a donkey. They just keep on pushing you, pushing you, pushing yep. you. Well, I mean, I, I just, it's not that worth it to me. But I mean, yeah. Nance, are you with us? Yes, I am. How are you? What's going on? Good. How are you? I just, every time that happens to the Bears, I wonder if you grab the short sword. No, I didn't grab a short sword. So it's kind of an expected event now. It's <laughs> it's not it's not thrilling anymore to even watch them. It's it's boy, I don't even know what to say anymore. I expected better, but I don't know why. <laughs> well, Cleveland actually has a really good team, and they've been able. Yeah, and, the know, Bears' defense has improved, so I mean that's one good thing. Well, they're a lot better than last year, I think. No matter how. Yeah. Yeah, and they've got some people that they can build on. I think they have way more team speed. Um, they got stuff. They need some line, offensive linemen, and uh, whatever. But uh, it'll be interesting yeah. to see. I mean, it's a uh, the amount of injuries this year. All these quarterbacks out. All these teams look like they're all just scrambling. Yeah, but Flacco, did look like Flacco didn't play bad for for a guy creaking around, huh? Yeah. I mean, uh, plus yeah. their receivers held on to the bars. Didn't it helps too. <laughs> yeah. So we were uh, talking earlier. Um, obviously, I was uh, hanging with my friend Odd this weekend, and uh, we were a uh, significant other Odd, and she was talking about the the uh, people that are buying homes that, that she still has trouble selling homes that, that need some work. And if it's not an actual flipper, you know, people are just reluctant to do the work themselves or find people. And she says if they actually go out to find out how much it's going to cost, they're, they're absolutely apoplectic. I mean, how much it costs for, you know, to paint a place, how much it costs for a kitchen, how much the appliances have gone up. The the, the inflation in that area is, evidently is dramatic. Is that what you're finding? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So what, um, where, where does that put you? Because most houses need some work. Well, that is true, but, I mean, it just puts you with you don't really have a lot of um, work. I mean, there's just, it's, I, I believe the economy is um, not in a super great space. And, you know, we just haven't heard it on the news yet. So, will we ever? 
Well, that's a good question. I mean, I don't know. No one's going to believe it if they haven't heard it on the news. So, I mean, I see another side of it. I see people struggling more. Um, they're worried about making ends meet. They're not really worried about moving, moving up, fixing anything up. They just, you know, are getting by. Let's put it that way. They're just getting by. So if they start lowering interest rates, which they're hinting they are going to do, um, I still don't see how that's, you know, what is it? It's going to free up our credit cards going to come down with that. No, I mean, no. I don't know. So the, it, it seems like once things go up, they don't manage to come back down. So well, I don't know how much it's really going to help. Well, what you do get, I think when, when the rates come down, you don't normally get your credit card company saying, Hey, Hey, Trump, you're paying 25, make that 23. Uh, you don't see too much of that, but I think what you do get is new places trying to get you to sw- shift over to them. They may give you a six months free if you pay them three or four percent to move it over, and then after that, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll jack you up. So they're willing to take the hit to get you there, assuming you're never going to be able to pay it off. Right. I, mean, I, I get those all the time. I don't, I don't, I don't carry a balance. I probably got five of those last week. You know, but it used to be um, if you transfer over, say if you have fifteen grand a line of credit, they would say you can you know you can transfer over fifteen grand, or they'll even send you checks. They'll say use these checks, and okay, but then <clears throat> it used to be it was three percent up front, but now it's five. So if you if you did the you know if you did ten thousand bucks, you're paying five hundred right out of the gate. So you probably get to the end of I think the two I got last week. You get to the end of 24 on one of them, and you get to, I don't know, February 25 on the other one. So you get 12 to 14 months free interest, but then you got to pay, like I said, a 5% up front. And they're taking making the bet that at the end of that time, you're not going to be able to, you know, pay it off. And you're right back to the 20-some percent or 28, whatever it is. Now, and you're hoping for either to pay it off or you get some other credit card company sends that to you, and then you can you can use it to go to the next place, which... If you really play the game, but you can't really count on them to, to get there just in time, <laughs> if that's what you're doing. So I mean, it's really hard. What do you think? Yes, th- so what's the what's the stomach for somebody walking into Fifth Third Bank in Orland and saying, "I need 150 grand to redo this house I just paid 500 for"? Are they well, all over it, or are they not? Or what's the collateral? I mean, if you paid 500. And you owe five hundred, or you know, let's say you owe four fifty. Um, they're not going to give you one hundred fifty grand. Of, uh, the the I mean, the collateral isn't there. So but wasn't, that's wasn't not there a time? If you if you're in the business, there was a time where you can say, fixed up the last four houses on the block, all went for eight. And they would they would they would roll with you. I don't think does anybody doing it anymore. Well, I'm sure the I'm sure the banks are doing that but then you have to get plans you have to submit them I mean it's costly to do that as well oh so you can't just be fixing it up yourself you probably got the plans and a contract or the whole bit the whole bit that's what I'm saying so that doesn't necessarily work because if you have cheap labor maybe not you know so it's so they're picking the guys up at the Home Depot and paying them cash not so much not so much, right? Not so much. Not so much. I mean, it can be done if you have collateral. Let's say you have another house that's free and clear, or you have, 
you know, 150000 in the bank and you want to put it up for, as a CD that they can hold, um, that's fine. There's all kinds of things that can be worked out, but they're not necessarily looking for that type of um, thing without a guarantee. <laughs> so there was you a... Go ahead. Do an FHA loan, but, um, you know, they have a construction loan, but it has to be contractors. Has to be licensed contractors to do it. Okay. So it's it's not all that easy. What does uh what's happening, John, if you want to pile in and what's happening in the, the strip mall world, we see all those places empty and what's happening in the downtown world? Is it anybody finding a bottom downtown? No. And you know, it's what we were talking about earlier. Morning, Nancy. Good morning, John. Uh, How are you? Uh, I'm good. How about you? Good. Good. It's 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 distressing to, to kind of learn how little these places will be worth on the market because um, you know you're looking at a, a big hole in your balance sheet and lenders maybe are in the worst shape of all about it I, I, I'm just kind of it's strange to me that you know that in such a climate where you would want you know, or need for all these upgrades you know construction remodeling whatever to bring places up to snuff um, and there's a shortage of labor apparently to get these jobs done and there's something really out of whack in the market that I don't I can't really equate to something I've seen before like it I, I just I don't think there's you, I mean you could pay through the nose maybe and more than you expected to to get a construction job done but I just I think you're going to have trouble getting it done on schedule I just don't think time wise you can make any sure bets about that and I don't see that changing anytime soon. It, it looks as if construction as an industry is in some kind of lag where there's not of people coming into the building trades. Um, they're stretched pretty thin to get jobs done. Um, housing starts are way off. And I think that's part of the reason is because there's, there's just a lack of hands and heads to put these things together. And it isn't like people don't have a need for their services. They clearly do. But the market isn't able to respond to it. That's well, you're talking, I, I, you're talking, uh, we're talking, uh, use the term real work, uh, Jan. And for yeah. two years, a lot of people didn't, didn't do any of it. So you're sort of backed up. Now, how do you get 10 years' experience as a painting company, as a plumbing company, if you didn't work your way through COVID and stuff? And I, I know... Uh, what the hell was, was it Audrey or somebody else telling me that they they moved somewhere, western suburbs or someplace, and they found a contractor that they actually used when they were young or something, so they know the people. They trust them, blah, 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 and they get the bid and they're ready to go. <laughs> For the final salvo, the guy says, well, I can start in May. They're like that? There's, that's correct. What was it? Kathy was telling us that about her fireplace, wasn't she? <clears throat> yes. They can start, he can start in like July, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, they're, they're just, and the guy does good work, and she was okay with the price. And the guy goes, I'll see you in July. See ya. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, that's, that's happening. I don't know, uh, um, you know, you're, 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 you're backing, you're backing up the, uh, I mean, that's why we should have been, I don't, the beginning of COVID, which, which should we have bought a, a home remodeling company or should we have bought a car repair company, car repair garage? Both. Right Both. 
But these, but these people that do this kind of work, I mean, uh, I mean, I'll, I can talk about Audrey's cousin who unfortunately passed early a couple of years ago. Audrey decided to really sell his place properly that needed to be painted because of the, you know, he was like dark colors and blah blah blah, whatever, whatever story was. And she got some people in there, and they did it. Was it one day? Yes. Was it they came in? It was one day. One day. But mm-hmm. they, you know, they took a while to spec it out, and the dudes there with uh, all the equipment, like the night before, all the paint, everything. And how many people showed up? Seven people, like uh, four guys, three ladies. It's a big place, yeah. Enacted off in, in twelve hours. And what, what was it? What was it? I mean, it's thirty grand. Oh, I don't think it was that high. Twenty five. It was something. He had, but he had a ton of wallpaper up. But I'm saying you're talking about seven people. So even if you gave everybody in the seven people two grand for their day, that's fourteen. The guy still made five or something. Right, but you well, it was probably probably five in paint. Yeah, you got to pay for pay the, for the paint. The paint, and then they had to uh, reprep all those walls, scrape them. But I'm saying it's it, seven people did it in a day, you know. So whatever you, I'm not saying they didn't earn it at all. I'm just saying it's it's, it's not bad for a day. No, but I'm I'm just saying it was a good. See, here's the problem. Do you want to? Um, there's builders, okay. Do you want to buy a lot and build a house? And that's kind of have that's almost an industry that has gone by the wayside. Um, in Illinois right now. I mean, we don't see a lot of uh, fresh builders going on. Well, if you don't have okay. if you don't have your own people, you, you can't guarantee the, the time. That's, that's right. the problem with those guys. Right. So now you have to find someone who um, is kind of independent, like which is what Cappy's done, and you know he he's taking jobs, but not you know he's he's backed up, which is you know, good for him. And then we have the service people who are, uh, you know, trying to make it uh, like the painters, The but everybody's getting, um, like I had somebody quote a job for me. Um, one guy was 38000 one guy was like 20000 and then I had another guy for 11000 And the owner looked at me and said, what do you think? And I said, I don't know, but something's way off. Something's off. Well, if you get if you want it done in one day, those guys charge a lot more. Yeah, I you know it was just tough. I mean, it was just tough. We went with the middle of the road guy, and um, it what I mean, he did a great job, but it, it took about a week, and it was four people for a week, but there wasn't anything they didn't touch. You know, and then and then part of it is you are they moving the clothes out of the closet? Are you are you moving the clothes out of the closet? I mean, how, how far is the, the homeowner ready? Well, and yeah. that's that's another part of the problem. Or you just don't paint the closet. Uh, correct, but they they were painting the doors. They were, you know, they were painting all the trim. They're going to white. All giants, so, all giants attorney suits with paint all over them. Yeah, just paint over the suits. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, just paint over the suits. Who cares? Yeah, so it depends. Um. Uh, you have to uh, these people even um, to give the bathroom a fresh look they painted the tile wow yeah they had special paint for that I was like whoa this is really <laughs> you know what, um, what do you uh, Jan when, when you were you were mentioning earlier uh, what, what the 
when you see a headline on CNBC, mortgage rates down from seven and a half to seven, and mortgage applications are up twenty percent. Is that twenty percent or nothing? The answer is that real? No, it's not. I don't believe that. I, I don't believe in that at all because when you're at three and four, who's who's changing for seven? Well, seven's hell up. Where, where, where did where did it tap out at eight and a half? Yeah, I think it topped out about there, but people, I don't, I don't believe people are. I, I, I'm not believing what they're saying. I'm just not buying it. Well, have, you, have you had any? Uh, I mean, I've still got a few places going, but plus you're talking about a holiday season too. So, I mean, is it? Uh, you know, are you doing ten mortgages this week or no? <laughs> I'm no, say no. Oh my god, no, no, no. It hasn't come back at all. Mortgage industry has really laid a lot of people off, and those people are not back. If somebody so. did get the tippy tap at eight and a half, how long does he or she have to wait before they can refinance? Well, they they can refinance right away um, if that's what they so desire. But do you want to repay all this costs again? You know, the closing costs and all of that. So I'm not sure. Well, you need what? Probably one and a half or two percent before it's worth it to. Um, well, it it depends. I mean, there's so many people do it different ways. They give you a low price and then they hide their costs and the closing costs. Um, I mean, to me, I just tell the people up front, this is the base price. Now, where do you want to put the closing costs? And um, if you want a lower rate. You know, I can start looking for open bonds and see what I can find for you. What what is is any of the stuff people pay for the uh, appraisals and all that stuff? Is it is it if it's a year and a half? Can you use any of that stuff again, or is it all new? Oh no, all new. Even even the survey, you got to go out. But the, the, the place didn't move. No, if you have a copy of your survey, that's fine. Yeah, you can give an affidavit that says no changes, oh. and you can use the survey for you know longer than that, you know, longer yeah. than a year in some cases. So. You can use a survey probably ten years later. I mean, nobody's gonna. Yeah. Nobody's really gonna complain about that. Half the the problem with the surveys are nobody can find them. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Nobody can find your survey. No one. If somebody well, has a survey, that's rare. They, they bought a house when I was just coming out of grade school in Beverly, and that was nineteen sixty six, and the seller presented a survey that. They had been handed by a previous owner, and the date on it was 1917. This is a, this is the only survey we have of the property, and it was apparently. So. <laughs> the well, only difference was there was a chicken coop on the property in 1917, which there wasn't in 1966. Do you have to put the chicken coop on the prop on the survey? Yeah, they did. Really? Yeah. Any any, any temporary structures, uh, you know, sheds, all that stuff should is supposed to appear on the survey and distance from lot lines and everything else. So, yeah. Well, you can you can ask a surveyor not to do that. But they have to endorse the survey that says this does not show blah 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 blah. So they're not liable for negligence. What if you go down south and you see like every car the guys ever own lined up in the driveway? Are they on the survey? No. No, <laughs> Or every washing machine they ever had just lined up on the porch type of thing. No. <laughs> yeah. I guess they don't count as fixtures. You know? They're not structures. <laughs> well, you can live in one of the cars. Just saying. Yeah. So what? Uh, <laughs> what do you see this all changing? The answer, Jim. I mean, the uh, I'm, I'm the down thing, downtown thing that has me curious. 
is a couple of my attorney buddies tell me that the West Loop, there's still people building. So how do you, how you build a new stuff there when a mile away this stuff's going for nothing? Yeah, I, this is what I don't really get about this. I mean, there's, there's an excess supply of commercial, you know, properties that essentially have no demand for them whatsoever. And the only demand is for something that, you know, goes in a completely different direction from the way building designs and, you know, re, you know commercial space was, was designed always in the past. But that has no, you know, meaning anymore. And then you've got, you know, a, really a, a shortage of available homes for people that are affordable and ready to move in and financing in place. So we got a market that is totally screwed up. <laughs> That's a good, yeah. It, he, he said it well, John. Hit the button <laughs> right on that. Well, I don't, I don't see how, I mean, I haven't been in there, and I know the CBOE spent a bunch of money on their spot, but the idea of being able to drag people from LaSalle Street to the old post office, I don't get it all. It's a horrible location, or what am I missing? It's probably cheap. I don't think it's it was. I don't think it, I don't think it is, is it, Chad? Well, I, I, I mean, it, it puts sunk so much money into the project, I suspect those rents are not too cheap. It's not a really great location, you know. No, that's what I'm saying. It's off the beaten track, and it's it's you know a b- difficult building to negotiate size wise. It's like walking around in the merchandise market. So, you know, there's a real fatigue factor to it. So I don't I don't know that you know it, who it speaks to when it comes to businesses or um, any kind of you know possible tenant. I, none of these scenarios. Are really got are good fixes. There's they're not something you can repeat very often anyway. So you got huge buildings that have no appeal for anybody anymore, and the only solution seems to build something to spec for what you want. And in an area as far from downtown, but as near transportation as you can put it. So we're, we're deliberately starving out, you know, the central business district of, of any kind of hope for a future. Well, I think some of that is actually demographic. You want the people that come in on the Burlington. You don't want the people that come in on the Red Line. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Which is sort of unfortunate. So what, last, last several times this has happened, Nance, what what all of a sudden makes the retail market start to percolate again? Would the, would the rates have to get down? I'm going to say they got to get down to probably five-ish for the people at three and a half if they really want a house to move. Correct. I would, I would say that's true, and I, and I also believe that... Um, people are using their credit cards right now and once that's all maxed up they will have no choice but to take the equity out of their house to pay the credit cards off and get the noose off around their neck so um, we just that, haven't a, had enough a, of that a, yet that's a heart, heartwarming thought yeah. but unfortunately that's that's true you know I, that's what I see out there but I don't see a happy, rosy picture ahead. Well, is everybody I think the uh, prosperity we saw in the '90s is gone. I don't think it's we're going to see that again in our lifetime. Well, are you, are you seeing? Uh, are pe- people rocking the boat? People, people are not don't seem to be getting laid off. Oh, well, it's starting to happen. Uh, more, yeah, more it so. It's starting to happen. We start I getting mean, people I, laid off, and hopefully they're not all getting divorced. But those are all those are all reasons why you got to get out of the house, right? Well, it's, it's correct. That is correct. I mean, the bottom line is um, 
the people have to realize that they that you know we are not in the best of times right now. What does Biden have a twenty seven percent approval rating? I mean, well, no, and then nobody we have approves the anybody coming up. Yeah, so nobody, I would nobody approves of anybody. Well. Nobody approves of anybody. Yeah, nobody approves of anybody. Yeah, I'm curious of, of the Chiefs' approval rating right now. Yeah, what's the Chiefs' approval rating? <laughs> what's Jan Flanagan's well, approval rating or Nancy? I bet they're doing. They're better than me. Uh, just saying. Yeah, definitely better than the Bears. Let's hope. Oh okay, God, I just want. So you know, if you do the uh, the short sword, you know, usually you have to have help with that, Nancy. Just so you know. Okay. Well, I'll I'll, I'll call John up and have him come over and help me. Because it, it takes a rare person to be able to stab yourself and then pull it up to kill yourself. I read, read all about this in Eric Lustbitter's novels. So sometimes you have to have a friend with you to help you make the pull it up so you're dead. You don't just want a big, big hole in your stomach. Like it's it's like a team sport, though. Yeah, it's a team sport. Yeah, a team sport. Yeah. It's a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, just just keep thinking of the draft picks. Just keep the, thinking of the draft picks, Nance. No, I have an off button. Sooner or later, you just turn them off and oh, say, okay. I can't watch anymore. Let's be Futures up 14. Nancy Futures up 31. It looks like uh, all my clients that are along will be happy today again, which is fine. I'll be back tomorrow with Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Where's the Tylenol?